protein. Why would I need to increase my protein? My goal is to lose weight. I'm sure that this is the thought process that goes through a lot of my clients' minds as I tell them we're going to be increasing their protein intake. And I promise it does make sense. Having adequate amount of protein intake is super important, whether your goal is to lose fat or gain muscle. The protein intake is going to affect both. So today I'm going to explain in detail how it helps with both goals and kind of give some ideas of how you can be aware of the protein you're having and some ideas for proteins you can include in your diet. And I hope it kind of breaks the myth that protein is going to make you big and bulky because it doesn't. It actually helps you keep nice lean muscle and it helps with losing fat. So let's get into it. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated, and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy, and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. So when a client signs up with me, I always check the goals that they filled out on the application, and then I always look at their food journal. They send me a three-day food journal. And without fail, I would say about 85% of the time, I will respond and say, we are going to increase your protein intake. And my purpose for that is because whether the goal is to lose fat, I want to protect the muscle, or B, gain muscle. You know, if you want to build, I also want to help build the muscle. And honestly, if you can do a combo of both, even though one takes a slight priority, that is the best, obviously. But there obviously one will take a priority. So first, let's get into some of the benefits for weight loss, I should say, more so fat loss. Now you're probably thinking, why did she differentiate between weight loss and fat loss? Because the truth is they're not the same thing. When someone is losing weight, they can easily lose muscle at the same time, they can lose water retention, and they can lose fat. So it's not just fat loss. So when I say I want to help someone with fat loss, I'm trying to preserve all the muscle that they have and only create fat loss. I explain this really well in my coaching program because I think it's really good for people to recognize the difference and that we are really wanting to only lose fat. A side effect of losing weight when sometimes we reduce our calories and we're not aware of our protein intake is that we will break down muscle and use that for energy and lose muscle, and that also decreases our metabolic rate. Eating plenty of protein can help reduce muscle loss because protein helps fuel the muscle. This also can help keep your metabolic rate from lowering because you are only losing fat. You are not breaking down muscle, which makes your metabolism work harder. This means that if your focus is to lose fat and you're trying to keep your muscle, that would mean your focus is to change your body composition. I know I've mentioned body composition before. That is the amount of lean muscle you have in your body compared to fat. So if your goal is to lose fat, you are not wanting to lose the muscle. You are only wanting to lose the fat, which would change your body composition. And a key factor to keeping the muscle and keeping that body composition improving with more lean tissue and less fat is to eat protein to fuel the muscle 
and link that with strength training. Strength training is a major factor that can help reduce muscle loss and metabolic breakdown when you're trying to lose fat. It's huge. So the two superpowers, I would say, if you're trying to lose fat is eating a higher protein diet and doing strength training because it is going to be a killer combo to preserve your muscle and protect your metabolism. So having an adequate amount of protein is going to help you fuel fat loss, and preserve your calorie-burning lean muscle. Another reason to be aware that you are having adequate amounts of protein in your diet is the thermic effect of food. That is the energy that you use to digest food into small absorbable components. I know I talk about this in a previous episode. I think it's when a calorie deficit backfires. And what it basically means is when you eat, your body has to work to break down the food. That is what the thermic effect of food is. So it's TEF for short. So I'll call it TEF. That is your body breaking down the food. And guess what? Protein has a higher TEF compared to carbs and fat, which means it is harder for your body and takes more calories for your body to break down protein. So a higher protein diet is going to boost your metabolism because your body has to work harder to break it down, which means you burn more calories in that effort. Piggybacking on that thought about the TEF, protein, if it's slowing your digestion, that means that it makes you feel satisfied longer, which reduces cravings. Oftentimes, the reason we have cravings is because we're having sugar spikes, highs and lows. And it makes us feel like we're on a roller coaster going up and down. And if we can get our blood sugar to more stay in the middle, like we're driving a car down a straight road, it's going to be much better for preventing cravings in the long run. This can really help us regulate our blood sugar. And oftentimes it is going to help us just not give in to these insane cravings. Because I don't know if you're like me, but if I haven't eaten or if my diet isn't balanced or I'm having, you know, a low blood sugar, I'm not going to be like, hand me a plate of broccoli. I'm going to be like, where is the donut shop? I need some sugar because I want to feel better. So the best thing we can do is mix, you know, pair protein when you are having carbohydrate-rich foods because that's going to slow down the absorption of the sugar to your belly and into your bloodstream, which helps prevent your blood sugar from skyrocketing and creating later cravings. So protein is killer because it's not going to spike. It kind of stays in the middle and it's going to help prevent future cravings. So as I have said previously in podcasts, I am a huge fan of research studies, of like papers where people research and understand things. And I found two studies that really linked to this whole cravings and not having cravings later when they have protein, which I thought were really cool that I'm going to share with you. Both of them are off PubMed. You know I'm a big fan of PubMed. And this first one was done by NIH, which is the National Library of Medicine. They did a study where they took obese men and they put them on higher protein diets. And then the second set of men, they just put on a regular level of protein. So one group of men was higher, one was lower. The men on the higher protein diet had a decrease in late night snacking by 60% and also their obsessive thoughts of food decreased. That is huge. That is not like 20%. That's 60. That is more than half. And that is really a big factor when someone is trying to lose fat and that we're trying to reduce these cravings and trying to reduce these bad habits. So what this study is saying is the men who were on the higher protein diets had less cravings. And that is a win because that is going to allow them to have a little bit more balance in their intake. 
A second study that I found on PubMed, they tested teenage girls and high-protein breakfasts. So one group of the girls, they gave a high-protein breakfast, and the second group, they gave, I believe, a low-protein or no. They just had them skip it, no breakfast. And the study showed that the girls who were on the higher-protein breakfast significantly had a drop in their cravings later in the day and were less likely to succumb to those. So I think these two studies are a perfect example of why protein is killer if your goal is to lose fat because oftentimes we just give into these cravings and we have issues and if we could have less cravings, that means it would be easier to maintain a balanced diet, which means it'd be easier to get to our goals, which means it would be a lot faster because you wouldn't be swinging between, you know, cravings and then overeating and then feeling guilty and undereating and that cycle, that whole vicious cycle. We could stay out of it and protein is going to help you stay out of that vicious cycle. So I think that's really important to think about that those two study groups from, you know, the PubMed from NIH and the second one, when they had higher protein, their cravings reduced. I just want you to re-say that in your head a hundred times over when you were thinking about, you know, building your balanced intake. More protein, less cravings. That is a win for sure. So now that we've gone over some of the benefits of how protein, you know, being aware of your protein intake can help with weight loss because those are all really killer benefits. Like I was like, wow, when I was reading those studies, I was impressed. Let's talk about the benefits of helping you build muscle. Now, obviously, even if your goal is to lose fat, you want to build muscle. Muscle is your friend. Muscle helps speed up your metabolism. Muscle is what gives your body shape. It is a beautiful thing. Muscle is good. Now, your protein intake needs to increase, especially if you're doing long bouts or even just intense workouts. So things like HIIT or even running, and especially with strength training, that's really important to consider because all of those processes break down muscle. Now, the crazy thing is your body stores fat and glucose for later use, but it does not store protein for later use. So if you have broken down your muscle during a workout or if there's not adequate amount of protein, guess what? Your body is going to break down your muscle to get what it needs. And we want your body to rebuild your muscles after workouts. That is the purpose. It always made me sad when I was teaching classes. And at the end of every class, I would almost end it exactly the same where I would say, please do not go home and just just eat a banana or just eat nothing or just avocado alone or whatever it is, I would say, please go home and have a protein because you just broke down your muscle. You just killed your body and gave it a killer workout and worked your heart and worked your muscles and everything. So go and fuel it properly and help those muscles rebuild. Go and have something with protein in it because that is going to rebuild those muscles. If your body is trying to rebuild those muscles and there's no materials to build with, then it can't do its job effectively. Your protein intake is a major piece to rebuilding and the rebuilding phase of your muscles along with carbohydrates, which is why people drink the protein shakes after workouts because they're trying to refuel those muscles. The simple fact is protein fuels muscle. And for anyone saying, I don't want any more muscle, yes, you do. Because as I mentioned, the more muscle you have, the harder your metabolism has to work to maintain the muscle. That means that you burn more calories while you're sitting on your couch, while you're watching a movie, while you're playing with your kids, and while you're working out because muscle takes more work to maintain. So it means you burn more calories, which means that it makes everything you do more effective and it is easier to lose fat. 
Now, obviously, protein in your intake can be overdone. I have seen food journals where they send me the numbers and I'm like, oh my gosh, sister, you got to simmer down on your protein. That is like two times the amount you need. And while that is very rare, just like anything else, there is a window of like acceptance, like, and you can have too much and you can have too little and it can kind of backfire. It's just like vitamins and minerals. They have all those charts where they're like, if you have too little, you die. If you have too much, you die. (laughs) Now, obviously it's not as extreme with protein, but the point is obviously too little and too much are both bad. So we're trying to find that happy sweet spot in the middle. So let's kind of talk about how you can kind of learn what that is and just to be aware. Obviously the amount that you are supposed to have for protein is going to drastically vary vary by person. And so I'm going to give some very basic guidelines and some general principles that are going to kind of help explain this to you. But before I do, I also want you to be aware of different populations that it also affects differently. For example, if you are pregnant or a lactating woman, you are going to need more protein than if you were not because you literally are making a human being. (laughs) That's for one. And for two, then you're feeding that human being. So your protein intake is going to be a little bit higher. When I have clients who are nursing, I kind of bump up their percents a little bit more than my clients who are not. The other one to be aware of is older people. If you are older and above middle age, then your protein intake also may need to be higher because you're not as good at digesting it. And the third thing to be aware of is for people who have any liver or kidney diseases that you may need to actually decrease your protein intake. It's not going to need to be as high for you because protein in mass amounts can be harder on your liver. So just kind of be aware of that if you fall in that category that you're not going to want to be at the upper limits of the numbers I'm going to talk about. You're actually going to want to be more towards the lower or even a little bit below the lower. All right, so let's get into this. And again, this is going to be pretty general, but my goal is to kind of give you guidelines and then you can run with it. Now, to determine your protein needs, you can either identify like an exact percent of the calories that you're eating to go towards protein, or you can do it by a specific gram of proteins that you want to consume if you are tracking macros. So I'm going to give you first a way to eyeball it, then to do it by percent, and then to do it by grams. If you do not track calories or track macros or do any of that, that's totally cool. That is not for everyone. I don't even care if you do that or not. What I am going to say is to simply be aware of the portion sizes that you are already having of protein. I would maybe take one day and write down what you have for the day and look how many of those items have protein in them. And you can easily, just like I look at my client's food journal, say, wow, I actually didn't eat any protein until like three o'clock. I know that might sound crazy, but that's really common. I will be looking at a food journal and I'll be like, she did not have protein until dinner, or she did not have a substantial amount of protein until mid-afternoon or a little, little bit with her lunch. So just writing down what you've eaten and then looking and saying, wow, my protein is actually pretty low is going to help you be more aware. Part two to that is if you see that your protein is low, look at the things that you are having for protein and just slightly increase them. That's something I think that scares people sometimes is they think, well, I can't think of more protein ideas, but I think I need to increase my protein intake. You don't have to think of new ideas. You can just slightly increase the portions that you are already having. And this is a big tip that I also give my clients when they are trying to increase their protein intake. So for example, maybe you're going to look at what you had for a day or two of tracking and just writing down what you had, and you're going to find the items that are protein-based, and you are just going to slightly increase them. So maybe you had 
two eggs for breakfast, maybe you're going to have tomorrow two eggs and two egg whites. That's going to double your protein intake, but only increases your calories by like, I don't know, I think it's like 30 calories. But calories don't matter. My point is you're slightly increasing your protein intake. Let's say at lunch you had, you know, four ounces of chicken on your salad. Maybe increase it to five or six. They're very subtle, but it's going to increase your protein intake over time. And that's going to be effective if you are not a tracker, but you're saying, I think I need to increase my protein intake because when I just took a day or two and saw what I was eating, I realized it's really low. That's okay. Just slightly increase it that way over time, and it's going to be beneficial for you. Now, if you are a tracker, I'm going to give you two ways to kind of be aware of how much protein you're having. The first is in percents. So the USDA dietary guidelines suggest that men or women consume 10 to 35%. Now, the thing to be aware of in that number is 10 is very low, in my opinion, if someone's goal is to have a better body composition, which means less fat, more muscle. So for my clients, I always put them between 30 and 35% if I was using percent. So I always have them on the higher range because we are either normally trying to build muscle or we're trying to lose fat. I don't have very many people who come to me and say, I want to maintain exactly what I'm doing because if those people, I wouldn't necessarily need to up it. But if you're trying to build muscle or you're trying to lose fat, I normally would have them on the higher end of that range. The way that you can kind of figure out the exact amount is you can have your, once you figure out how many calories that you're eating, and I've kind of explained that in previous episodes, once you figure out your calories, you're going to choose the percent of your calories that you want to come from protein. So let's say you're eating a 1800 calorie intake and you want 30% or let's go with 35% to come from protein. You're going to divide 1800 by 0.35, that's 35%. That's going to give you a calorie number. That calorie number is the total calories of your intake of the 18% that you will be eating from protein. Then you're going to divide that number by four. Because remember, as I said in the previous episode about protein, one gram of protein is equal to four calories. So we're going to divide that by four, and then that's actually going to give us the grams of protein that you will want to eat if you're tracking macros. So that's the first way to do it. That's very basic guidelines. Again, this is very general, but it's going to kind of help you get an idea so you just don't feel like a complete fish out of water in trying to be aware if you do want to track. And again, remember, you can always go with the first option where you're just slightly increasing the things you're already having. No tracking, no fuss. It's your choice. But if you want to track and you want to do it through the percents, that's a really good option. The second option is you can do it by grams based on your body weight. So while you can do it by the percents, as I just explained, that's one option. This is a second option. And a lot of times I kind of check both and see what's going on. The second option you can do is calculating how many grams of protein you should have. So like your macros, how many grams per pound of body weight. And I would say that this is a little bit more the standard and what majority of people do, but obviously you can do the percents or you could just do it by increasing the amount you had as I first suggested. It just depends on what's a fit for you. But this one is a little bit more standard. So what you're gonna do is you're going to have 0.8 grams up to one gram. And for an athlete, it can even go up to like 1.2, someone who's a little bit higher. 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. 
Now, obviously, this is a bigger window. And the other thing to be aware of is if someone is overweight, if they fall into above 200 pounds, they might hug the bottom of that window because they don't have as much lean muscle as someone who is not. Or if someone is vegan, then they will also hug the bottom of that window and they can come down into like 0.6 or 0.7 grams. And that's still going to be very challenging and effective for them even at that lower range. But that's pretty much the standard is the 0.8 to 1.2 grams. Now, another layer to that same technique of doing the grams per pound of body weight, which is even a little bit more effective, is doing it and figuring it out by your lean body mass. That is the amount of muscle you already have in your body because that's what you're trying to fuel. So the way to do that is you're going to take your body weight and you're going to subtract out the amount of fat you have in your body. You can do that by a calibrator, like a scale. There's lots of different ways. I would suggest an in-body scan because that's going to be a little bit more accurate if you can do one of those. But you're going to subtract out the amount of fat and then times that window, that 0.8 grams to 1.2 grams times your lean body mass. That's going to give you a little bit lighter number of protein, but it's also going to be more accurate because it's fueling the lean body tissue. But if you don't know your fat percent, it's okay. You can just do it off the pounds as well. So that's a few different ways to do it. Obviously, it's not always one, you know, style fits all. You have to adjust for different people and there's different things that affect it. As I said, being pregnant or being older, or if there's any other issues to just be aware. But I think in general, if you can just make sure you're not under eating protein, that's going to be effective for you. The last thing that I want to point out is that the protein is going to vary and it's going to be very different if you're in maintenance, like if you're just trying to maintain what you're doing, or if you're in a balanced reduction, like a cut in your calories short term. Notice I said short term. I don't mean cutting your calories forever, but if you have a cut in your calories, we don't want your muscle broken down if you're trying to lose fat. So we're going to increase the protein intake so that we can protect the muscle from being used. If you are in maintenance, you tend to not be focusing on losing weight or even gaining muscle. You're just kind of trying to maintain. So your protein can sit a little bit lower than when you're trying to do either of those other things because you're not trying to protect the muscle massively and you're not trying to necessarily make it bigger. You're just kind of staying in the middle, creating that lifestyle, which is a great place to be as well. So now that we've gone over how it's effective for weight loss, how it's effective for building muscle, some ideas of how you can kind of be aware of your own protein intake using a variety of different things, whether you're just going to eyeball it or use percents or use grams or use lean muscle with you know your fat taken out. I gave you a few options. So now I'm just going to give you some simple ideas of different foods that are pretty high in protein. I'm going to give you some regular ones and even some vegan options. So for meats, chicken, turkey, lean beef, beef, pork, really any type of meat is going to be very high in protein. Um, fish is another one, salmon, tilapia, shrimp. Shrimp's not really fish, but it still kind of falls in the same area. Trout, those are all great options. Eggs are fantastic. A full egg, egg white, whatever you want to do, they're both great. Dairy is really good for protein. Milk, cheese, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese. Now, while some of those do have a little bit higher fat content, they still do carry a decent amount of protein, so that's just something to be aware of. Legumes are a good option. Kidney beans, chickpeas, lentils, those also carry a decent amount of carbs, but again, they also are a protein item as well and are really helpful for vegetarians or vegans. Nuts and seeds are also a good option, and also for vegetables, things you wouldn't think about. 
peas have a decent amount of protein in it, lima beans, soybean sprouts, asparagus. And did you know spinach has five grams of protein for one cup of cooked spinach? That's pretty much amazing. So while the meats and the dairy and the eggs are going to be the highest in protein, the other ones do have proteins like the legumes, the nuts, and the veggies. They do have proteins in them, but they also, a lot of them are going to carry a fat or a carb, but that's totally fine. The point is no macronutrient is bad for you. They all have their place. They're all beneficial. And so just being aware that you're getting enough of what you need for your goals is going to be beneficial. And one of those things obviously is protein, whether your goal is fat loss or building muscle. Protein is killer. Protein maintains your body tissue, which includes your muscles, your organs, your nervous system, your blood, your skin, your hair. It's all connected, and protein helps all of those things. It also serves as a transport for oxygen, for fats, for vitamins, for minerals. It it really is a key nutrient. And in general, I think the more we understand what we're eating and being aware and trying to include, you know, whole foods is going to be the most beneficial for whatever our goals are and being aware that proper nutrition is achieving proper balance in your macronutrients and that includes protein. I hope this episode was super helpful for you in seeing that protein is your friend when it comes to your goals. It's going to help you no matter what they are. I love when you guys write me reviews. I really do read them every time I go to record a podcast. It is helpful for me. I also would really appreciate if you would subscribe. You're going to go to the top of wherever you listen and click the subscribe button so all of my episodes automatically download for you. And most of all, I really love when you share it on social media. I try to look for those and always respond to those as well. And I appreciate it because then I know that we're on the same team. We're in the same tribe. Tribe, real healthy adult. (laughs) So I just thank you guys for that. And we will be back and talk next week.